There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And I have just delivered that intro straight ahead for weeks on, on end now, Joseph. I've learned not to improvise on the intro. I put myself <laughs> into a mental corner before coffee is finished during recording days. Uh, sometimes, you know, the intros are like, do do I want to follow the directions that uh, Google is suggesting or do I want to say, no, that's that's bonkers, Google. I'm going my own way. 
Go your own way. Hey, we're here to discuss Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. We got some Kenobi numbers, what that might mean for a second season. We got some High Republic (laughs) stuff. We've got a tease of Lego Star Wars coming your way and this week in Star Wars history. And we're giggling and we're having fun. We're going to catch up shortly. Before we get to all that, let's remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 108,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, up our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And uh, we will uh, have fun with that, too. All right, everybody. Hi. Welcome. Jennifer, <laughs> how are you? Good. Good. I'm good. <laughs> Which sounds like I'm not good. Yeah, that, that's a 2022. <laughs> you know, good, good. No worries. No, no worries. Actually, um, yes, I'm good. I just came back from Catalina, a weekend in Catalina, Ooh. celebrating my daughter's birthday, Father's Day, um, and it was really funny. You know, I, we always love to wear our Star Wars shirts, and I was wearing mine because it's the only type of shirt I own, <laughs> and. Uh, we were out and about and my mother-in-law was chatting with this, with this group of people. And I don't know, I was just so tired. And then all of a sudden, uh, one of the, the gentlemen said, ah, I like your shirt. And I was wearing my princess Leia shirt and I, oh, thanks so much. And he said, we were just at celebration. What? So immediately I perked up. (laughs) Yeah. And I started talking with them and I learned that, uh, one of them, uh, is, is a really talented cosplayer. And she created the most beautiful Tudor Palpatine costume. What? <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm. Oh, my gosh. It was this elaborately detailed gown, a headpiece, and she wore it to celebration. And she met Ian McDermott while cosplaying <laughs> as a character. Wow. Um, she said that he loved it. Uh, y- you have to check it out. Her Instagram is at Binksy. B-I-N-K-X-Y. But to me, it was just like, this is why I wear Star Wars shorts, because you get to meet <laughs> fellow fans and this this talented costumer. She is a professional. So it was just so cool. That's great. Yeah. And I like that attitude too, Jed, of, of, of you know, I, I sometimes find myself wanting to hide almost uh, <laughs> right. in, in these days, in, age, in this day and age. Oh, sorry. I was, did the, I'm, I'm, I just, wow. I just did the search. I did the Instagram search. Did you do, do, do yeah, so. right? Oh, yeah, I found her because it said followed by Jennifer Landa. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. That is amazing. So original. I just, wow. and the detail on, on the dress, it just, everything is just perfect. That's amazing. And there's a, there's a McDermott picture there. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, that's, wow. Oh, Sorry. yeah, that's a hell of a nice thing. Stop yeah. the presses. That's, that's impressive. Indeed. It's impressive. And- there's her photo of Catalina. This is definitely the person. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll stop Instagram, Instagram it stalking. It is true. It is true. Jen Land is not lying. She met this person. <laughs> she also went to Starbucks. This is amazing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, but what I was saying before I cut myself off, Jen, I think you got the idea what I said. Yeah, in this day and age, sometimes it's like you don't want to start the conversation. But, uh, you know, choose hope. Choose hope. And, and you can meet wonderful people like this talented cosplayer, Banksy. Exactly. That's yeah. a great yeah. adventure. That's a great event. Mine was boring. So Joseph, I hope yours is exciting because I'm going to have you end this round robin. <laughs> uh, but mine's an ongoing tale. A couple weeks ago, officially finally met your buddy, Ken Plume, like connected. You, you've been yeah. seeing him in space, spe- seen him in chats and we connected. And then uh, you had appeared on his show Force 5. And then 
I uh, appeared on a show, Force Five. Jennifer, we got to get you to appear on a show, Force Five. Yeah. Um, that's got to we'll make that happen. But uh, Ken and I have been texting. He's been sharing me some wonderful videos of old Sesame Street stuff. We have we were talking about the Muppets. But he, being on his show, inspired me to go back out into my shed and pull out Star Wars figures to bring on a show. And then I had that, do I sell or get rid of my Funko Pops? Some Force Center listeners have commented, particularly on YouTube, I'll take them. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll have a virtual garage sale. Uh, but then that led to this weekend where I have, I was having trouble opening the doors to my shed, the shed that's been mentioned on this show for years now. The grass our, our landlord had put back in, uh, grew up around it, and I was actually ripping the shred, the shed apart anytime I opened the doors. Like the plastic joints were ripping apart. <laughs> so I had to put some brackets on. So I got the idea this week to dig up uh, like a like a rectangle-like trench in front of the shed, put gravel, decorative rocks back into it so I could open the doors with ease. That took a lot of time, not a lot of money, but definitely a lot of back energy, all for Star Wars figures. <laughs> I did that all for Star Wars figures because I just want a little bit more access to what's in my storage shed. And what do I do with those figures? Nothing. I just look at them through the boxes, not the boxes they're in, the plastic boxes containing the boxes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was laughing to myself thinking this is the links I'll go just to know I can get to my Star Wars collection a little bit easier. So I blame that on Ken Plume. <laughs> uh, Ken Plume is a great enabler of uh, of celebrating the things you love. It is uh, his his great skill to connect with people and get you excited about the things that you love and spend more time with them. We've, yeah. uh, Ken and I have had some uh, really great uh, talks about uh, about action figures, and I, I was on the hunt for his his list as well at uh, Star Wars Celebration of what he was looking for. So that's really great. Amazing. So there you go. The love of figures will make you do uh, weird construction projects at an advancing age. So, uh, Joseph, I hope you had the most exciting weekend of all. Though Catalina and Palpatine uh, from another age is pretty exciting. You know, no, Catalina and, and Palpatine cosplayer. Look, we, we screwed up the order. That is the most exciting Star Wars adventure uh, absolutely possible. And I still agree with you. Like the 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 wearing the T-shirt is sometimes like, ooh, am I accidentally going to end up in a negative conversation that's going to bum me out? But choose hope. Choose hope is a great way to say that, Ken. Uh, no, I had just kind of some fun uh, little adventures, uh, kind of a, a, a slow drip of, of wonderful Star Wars adventures uh, amid a nice weekend. Uh, my wife and I haven't had like a weekend off together in, mm. it feels like uh years but it's been a couple months honestly um mm. so we recorded an episode of my podcast obsessed about just the character of obi-wan kenobi and uh mm. sarah came up with all the questions so it was really fun uh, oh, to have yeah. her sort of uh frame from her perspective like what's the deal <laughs> <laughs> why do you like this character so much who is he so that was a really fun discussion to have and that that episode is up now if people uh, are interested and i was able also to ask sarah like I'm not, I'm not too into Obi-Wan Kenobi, are you? Am I? Like, you can tell me from the outside. She's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, we went to uh, this program that I really, really love in, that happens every summer in Los Angeles called Last Remaining Seats, uh, where mm. classic films are played in some of the old, super fancy uh, theaters in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Los Angeles. They don't always uh, show movies. Um, we went to the Los Angeles theater and saw the old film, the women, which was a ton of fun. Uh, but then we went to this bookstore downtown that I love called the last bookstore. And, uh, if you, if any, if anybody's never been there, check it out. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. but the reason for all that, uh, is they had a great display of star Wars books, which they've always had. Uh, but this time what was really leading it was the high Republic. Oh. And I've been to like Barnes and Noble and like all the kind of normal bookstores that like, this is the latest Star Wars book. So it's on mm. a, you know, end cap or, you know, an employee recommends, 
But the last bookstore is this kind of mixed of old and new, and it's a real like celebration of books and literature. And it's got this end cap right when you come up, and it says, you know, uh, uh, a long time ago in a bookstore far, far away. In the display is very carefully the three adult novels uh, mm. from the first phase of High Republic, and there's just something powerful about kind of seeing it all laid out there. Like this is the trilogy. Obviously, mm. there are many other High Republic books, but just such a celebration of that initiative in a place that isn't just, this is the latest book in the yeah. High Republic, so it's out on the end cap at Target, but right. a celebration of that initiative. That was really, really cool uh, to see. Yeah. And then my final yeah. Star Wars adventure is, you know, Father's Day obviously talked to my dad, and I remember to send him my photos of the astromech drummer from the Mandalorian <laughs> experience. Because <laughs> uh, I tried to explain it to him, he's like, "So there's a droid and it has drums. Would, would that be interesting to you?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's a drummer," and he he loved it. So another hit oh. for the astromech drummer. Good, oh. and, and another win for that display, the Mandalorian display and experience. That's a that's yeah, that's it's a gift that keeps giving, right? Yeah, and I, and I know what you mean too about that. that what you're talking about the last uh, bookstore thing of uh, it's almost Star Wars in the wild in, in a way, even though it's a bookstore that's uh, you know selling books, but also more importantly celebrating books there, mm-hmm. uh, and it just feels it feels a little different, and and I love doing that, and and like that's that's what I kind of say the Star Wars in the wild thing where you just kind of turn the corner and someone else loves it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's really really being celebrated, and the rest of their bookshelf. Uh, for Star Wars stuff was picked over and I've been there many times and you know it, it's a mix of new and used so sometimes it's really full and it was picked over it just feels like it's a good time uh, for reading Star Wars Wow, it is it is turns out people like this franchise proof <laughs> remains well we're going to get into the news where we talk about people loving this franchise or you're trying to figure out this franchise I don't know numbers can mean a lot of things we're going to dive in Kenobi's numbers remain strong I want to shout out the fine folks at Star Wars News Net, especially Grant Davis, who helped pull info from the Raps article, which I'm sure was great. I just don't subscribe, so I can't read it. Um, so thank you, uh, Grant and the Star Wars uh, News uh, Net team. Uh, according to Parrot Analytics, Obi-Wan Kenobi is experiencing, quote, exceptional engagement numbers. Oh, engagement numbers. That uh, phrase has been tossed around these parts a lot lately. Uh, but experiencing except, exceptional engagement numbers coming in at 40% higher than other streaming shows. Kenobi was at 39.2 last week, so it is trending up. This follows uh, the very impressive global premiere numbers and uh, Nielsen ratings that put the show on par with Stranger Things Season 4. So, like I said uh, up top, numbers don't always mean quality. I always know that. We know that. And quality doesn't always get numbers. I live that. But any <laughs> thoughts on these stats and figures from an overall perspective, uh, Jennifer, then we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more here. Yeah, I think what was interesting was after the first two episodes aired, actually, it was hard for me to tell what kind of the reaction, the engagement was, because it was mm-hmm. so intertwined with celebration. So right. this is really interesting that it is... I mean, I'm not surprised it's so high. And now that the dust is kind of settled, it really is dominating the online discussion in such a variety of ways, whether it's memes or quotes or, you know, the scenes or they're just or criticisms. There's so much discussion happening online. So, yeah, this this show is doing big things. 
Yeah, I said Boba Fett before and Mando before. And yeah, in a way for me, it's not surprising. It's Star Wars. And I think it's going to bring a lot of people to the table just from the start and whether or not it uh, keeps them is the question, which has a little bit to do with the engagement, the numbers and how long people are watching and what people are talking about. And you're right, the the, the meme culture is strong uh, in Star Wars and in the world, without a doubt. But it, it just, this show is generating a lot of that kind of... Uh, uh, extracurricular promotion, if you will. So you're starting <laughs> to see it there. Uh, Joseph, any overall thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love that uh, we just keep talking about Kenobi's numbers because I think I'm still uh, triggered to think that numbers means a phone number. We keep saying Kenobi's numbers. Like, yeah, let's give him a call. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I think uh, I'm fascinated by this being the new standard of numbers, this uh, mm. the parrot analytics. And and I always just want to take a grain of salt and say, like, you know, they're a professional company. I'm sure it's all solid data, but also just remembering what it is. Like, you know, yeah. Nielsen ratings, like we knew what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's the description of what parrot analytics does. Parrot Analytics believes in the magic of content and the impact it has on people's lives. The company's mission is to connect content creators with consumers by enabling data-driven content decisions along the entire value chain. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Welcome to Daddy's America's Diner. Now here's Solo. Yes. Exactly. There's there's some synergy in that statement. So I just always want to take a step back and, and go like, I'm sure these numbers are are correct based on whatever metrics yep. they're using. But also remember that the the metrics are kind of hidden from us unless you're an expert in this field of what exactly yeah. they're measuring and how. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that fully. Uh, but I, I think for me, I'm thrilled, obviously, to hear that the engagement is good. It makes sense to me that just in general the combination of the power of these legacy characters, as much as we debate how much should we be spending time on legacy characters, how much mm-hmm. should we be moving on? The power of them is undeniable when you got Kenobi, Vader, and then surprise Leia mm-hmm. driving a show. And then I always think it's a big deal that, you know, Ewan McGregor is a massive movie star returning to one of the roles, one of the roles that made him famous because mm-hmm. right. multiple roles made him famous. Um, so I think I'm glad to see that the power of those things is actually translating to engagement but then i think even with this little bump up from you know 39.2 to 40 percent i think it it indicates uh ongoing good word of mouth and Mm -hmm. obviously there's been the criticisms and there's been some gnashing of teeth with star wars fans and i think some of that's his sincere i think some of it is is disingenuous just people on Mm -hmm. social media trying to create uh fights um for various reasons um but in general for myself on my own social media feeds, I've seen just generally positive or at least curious. Like, at least I'm really engaged and I want to see where this is goes. So mm-hmm. I, I think it makes sense to to, to think that this is being, you know, uh, engaged with <laughs> yeah. a lot uh, more than other streaming shows. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree that there. And, and kick it back to you, Jen, if you need to say something else there. But um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, the numbers... What they mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm alone on my couch and don't care about the numbers. I'm going to watch, right? So, uh, but it's, it's, it's important. It's important to track. But I also, I personally don't want to ever believe too much of the hype, right? Like, I, I'm always aware, meaning the numbers hype. I'm always wary of that because then I can be like, aha, see, we've won the day. And then, I, then don't get cocky, kid. Don't get cocky. You still got to work <laughs> and put some good shows out there, which I think they're doing. Um, but I I, uh, I like your analysis of the analysis there, Joseph. Uh, Jennifer, <laughs> any final thoughts on the overall view? Yeah. One thing that I think was really interesting is that, that I saw this past week was the amount of emotion that people were talking about, mm. like how many mm. memories they have. 
tied to these characters and so obviously getting those those scenes that we got uh directly tied to the prequels i just saw people like literally saying like i i still can't get over that i'm i'm crying i'm emotional i just saw so much of that that the mandalorian and the book of boba fett it i don't really think that it, it had that kind of mm-hmm. like that type of nostalgia in that way mm-hmm. i mean it just was really uh, it was really neat for me to see how emotional people were getting because that's how I feel about some, you know, some of these other characters uh, from the original trilogy. And so it just was like, oh man, this is this is cool. I'm I'm getting to experience it a different way and seeing their joy brought me joy. But I feel like that was definitely a bigger part of the online discussion this past week. So okay, the power of the prequels it definitely can't be. Uh you know, overestimated here. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, even my own home, like I, we, we love them here and I, I love the prequels, blah, blah, blah. I can have all those discussions as a four center pundit. I, to sit and watch uh, the smile on and, and even kind of almost uh, tears on Grace's face, uh, seeing uh, Anakin turn around, you oh, know, what, that, what that means to an entire generation. It's why we celebrate entry points here in the Star Wars here. Uh, we're going to have a question about that on, on our Q's episodes about, uh, you know, 15 years from now, what we might be discussing around the sequels. I love that kind of stuff. And I think you're right, Jen. A lot of it, and it's not it's it's not cheap nostalgia classes stuff. It's deep emotions. It's why we're here to, to discuss Star Wars and why we love it. Yeah, uh, it's I, like I the works. power of Hayden. There was like, there was one, I was trying not to to dive into uh, places where there might be a lot of uh, conflict this weekend, but I, I, I broke <laughs> and saw a discussion about the de-aging. And when, I, and when I went into the comments, I expected to find nothing but pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I honestly found a ton of people going, Hey, maybe it was on purpose that because it's from Vader's memory uh, that he's not mem- remembering himself accurately. And other people oh. going, I don't care. It was Hayden. And yeah. it was yeah. far, far more positive than I normally see on that kind of discussion. I was really surprised. And I think it really uh, points to the, the power of the prequel uh, relationship that Jennifer is talking about. That's a great point. That's a great point. Sorry, Jen, I cut you off. No, I, I'm just getting emotional because I, I'm thinking about Hayden's performance was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Like I thought, how are how are they, we've talked about this? How are they going to top it? Every single actor, I'm getting really into it. Every <laughs> single actor brought it. They brought it, and yeah. not only did they bring the emotional depth, I could tell that they were enjoying being there, being these characters, being together. It was so, it was magic. It was really magic on screen. It was magic for us as the audience because it's what people had been talking about. Like, when are we going to get, when are we going to get him? When are we going to see Anakin and, and I was going to say you and Anakin and Obi-Wan <laughs> back together, right? Everyone was waiting for those flashbacks. Yeah. And if it was like, oh, they gave it to us in the best way. It was like, ah, oh, Star Wars caviar. And I've never had caviar before, but it was just perfect, delightful, top tier, yeah. top notch. Oh, this is great. We're, we're discussing the emotions behind the numbers as, as best we know. And, I, and as Joseph said earlier, a lot of these numbers are kept in vaults. Like you'll mm. never really know these things. Well, um, and, and I, yeah. sorry, sorry no. if I can interject just real quick on the, on the numbers. The, the, the other thing that I'm still fascinated by is we're still in a new period of time where we don't know what these numbers mean because mm. network streaming companies haven't decided what they mean. Like, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. There's lots of engagement, but uh, does any number matter? right now but subscriptions or is this since disney plus is also like a lot of streaming services adding an ad supported version are they looking at this as going like 
great. Well, then this will be a real uh, way to get ads that we can put them on this show. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, are they going to monetize the show going forward in any way with a movie release like there was that rumor or finally do mm-hmm. physical media? Like how these uh, good engagement numbers are going to translate into what it means for this show or for more of this show or for experiencing this show in a different way. That's mm-hmm. just all brand new, unexplored, you know, country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Not too long ago, during all this like YouTube stuff, the explosions of the year, early 2010s. Uh, you know, I remember one friend was like, "This is like all new. Move films and TV have been around for 50, 75, 100 years. We're just learning what to do with all of this." Uh, and even though we're learning at a rapid pace and so much changes, but that's the thing. There are so many changes. Three years ago, were we worrying about uh, Disney Plus subscriber numbers? No, we'd be like you know, just starting to hear about that stuff. So I, I think that's a very valid point too. About the mm-hmm. numbers there. So the MCU's Ms. Marvel, a well-received show to be clear is off to a slower start numbers wise. And I think it's important to note only because this is the first big dual release of star Wars and Marvel shows on Disney plus dropping at the same time. So um, does this, you know, this is uh, feel free to discuss anything about about Ms. Marvel too. Uh, but does this affect any thoughts uh, we might have for future Star Wars shows overlapping? Do Star Wars and Marvel always have to be separate? Uh, what about different nights? That's the one I just keep yelling. There's mm-hmm. seven nights yeah. to choose from. <laughs> Let's dive into this. I think it's interesting to note um, um, uh, because uh, both shows well received, but, but Star Wars is dominating right now, and there might be a lot of factors to that. But we got two good shows at the same time. Uh, and um, what do you all think here, Joseph? We'll start with you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I literally, we're in sync, Ken. I guess we were just uh, designed to be a grumpy middle-aged people together. I literally yelled at my television this weekend. You know, there are seven days in the week <laughs> yes. uh, and had a, a nice conversation with my with my wife about it because uh, this is it's it's frustrating. You know, Kenobi mm. is a priority because of how much uh, I love Star Wars and because of the, the podcast. But I'm a big MCU fan. I really enjoyed the first episode of, of Ms. Marvel. I really want to watch it with my wife. And if it were on any other night, it would be appointment viewing for my wife and I. Mm. And, if, and since it isn't, everything gets out of whack and it's hard for us to like schedule and find time to stay caught up with it yeah. but if it was kenobi on wednesday and ms marvel on friday it would be our you know friday night priority um yeah. so it's really really frustrating uh from just a personal uh perspective and then currently Andor and bad batch are scheduled to overlap obviously yeah. they change things and that's to me that's just really really frustrating because i think it's going to lead to unnecessary competition mm-hmm. if they're on the same night there are going to be a million Twitter polls that just want engagement, not even from, you know, hardcore Star Wars fans, but people who just want engagement saying, which is better, which are you choosing to watch first? Mm. And it's going to set up needless competition in, in my opinion. And it makes it harder for, for uh, podcasts and YouTubers and TikTokers to really give quality coverage to, to both shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on, on, um, yeah, again, we, who, some content program manager ran some sheets. They printed it out on a dot matrix printer, printer, and they're like, "It's got to be Wednesday. Got to be Wednesday. Got to be Wednesday for both." And, and, and hopefully, they change. I, 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 uh, I don't watch the MCU as much, obviously, but I do try to keep up with the, some of the shows and whatnot. And hey, it, to me, it just doesn't seem fair to uh, Ms. Marvel, which is trying to do some, you know, important, wonderful things in MCU and up against Kenobi. That's that's just going to be tough. That's going to be tough. It, it's not Iron Man. You know, and and I just I, I just don't think it was fair to the show, but I I don't 
follow the MCU as much as you, Joseph. So I don't want to speak out of line or say anything wrong. I don't, I don't know. It just, uh, that's the frustration I had. Just like, yeah, yeah, it, seven nights. Yeah. It's, it's not like, yeah. It, it, and it is really difficult when there's like, as many of us have kind of jokingly, maybe seriously said Obi-Wan Kenobi show is like episode 3.5 of the Skywalker saga versus mm-hmm. a new live action character that you haven't seen on yeah. screen before is is really really rough and then the other bummer to me about it is that you know a a lot of uh, friends that i'm seeing are getting a little burned out on mcu because they're putting out so many shows Hmm. and movies and the response to that first episode was uh, everyone that i saw in my little sample study of of real life friends on social media was like wow this one is amazing this is great love Hmm. it so i feel like if it had a little bit more separation from kenobi it would be making even more noise yeah 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 that i i that's Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of something really intelligent to add to that. It's just me nodding, going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Great podcasting, great podcasting, Jen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it's a real shame. And I'm not sure what the decision was behind it. I think you're right, Joseph. Again, it was just like there was obviously a lot of planning. A lot of stats were ran. Yeah. But uh, – and maybe they didn't – maybe they thought that, that sh- the Ms. Marvel show would kind of skew younger – perhaps mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. know but i do think it has hurt it uh i don't want to say a lot but i think it has like i love the ms marvel comics and i have not watched the show yet because mm-hmm. i haven't had the time it's been all about kenobi and um mm-hmm. and that's frustrating and i think that if the ms marvel show had been on its own kind of track even just another day it would have given that time for word of mouth to build online and so people you get people who are maybe like on the fence about it or maybe not hardcore marvel fans and be like okay i'll check that out mm. but when you have so much content already and then the the whole conversation is around kenobi well everyone's going to be like well i'm going to spend my time checking out kenobi and especially now during the summer months when more and more people are getting out of the house in theory they're they're not going to have as much time to you know between stranger things and all these other shows and all this other competition they're going to pick and choose what they want to what they want to watch so mm. uh yeah it's it's a bummer and there's just what do you do right you can't totally stagger them because there's just so much content and we want that content as disney yeah. plus fans <laughs> but at the same time if they overlap too much i mean oh my gosh i i don't even know about the bad batch and and andor you said they're the same Night? Is right now, I mean, yeah, but yeah. the the announced um, premiere dates is Andor on Wednesday, and then the Bad Batch premiere date is on Wednesday too. Oh now, no! Given given the fact that you know there are you know millions of copies of Vanity Fair with the wrong premiere date for Obi Wan Kenobi that will forever mm. exist. That's true. <laughs> you know, we do know that they change things, and you know, and maybe this is something where they they need to hear back from from viewers to hear the real uh, experience. You know, the numbers might say this is a great idea, but I feel like the majority of the fan reaction so far that I've heard is that we don't agree with the numbers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So maybe it will change. But right now they're scheduled to be on both released on Wednesdays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, as far as like some of the content going forward, I'm not an expert in this, but we've all kind of been in some sort of meetings uh, with people uh, with ties on, pointing to your numbers about the future of your, your programming. Uh, you know, this is why maybe I don't want to believe when I say I don't want to believe the hype too much about the Kenobi numbers. It also means I don't want to believe the hype of too much of, of a show like Ms. Marvel, which is ranking number nine out of the top 10, right? Which by the way, mm. is still top 10. I don't have a show in the top 10. Um, and you know, so I don't want anyone in a suit to look at that, that as a sign of, of what to do or not to do going forward with a show like Ms. Marvel. That's where, I, that's where the numbers start to scare me, you know, right. it's just like, 
and, and set it up, give it a better chance. Um, is my, uh, uneducated view. on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and who knows, maybe it is not a numbers decision. Maybe there's some yeah. other factor. Maybe it has something to do with international releases or hmm. somebody lost a bet. I don't, who knows? I'm not in the room. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But if we're guessing yeah. that it's numbers, that's part of the reason that I want to like, look up like, okay, what is parrot analytics? Let's just not, yeah. let's not just take these numbers. And you know, that part of that mission statement is the company's mission is to connect content creators with consumers by enabling data driven content decisions. Hmm. Just things like that that makes me feel like this is a Star Wars story. This is, you know, uh, Disney Plus is choosing to use the targeting computer. (laughs) And they need the spirit of Obi-Wan to say, no, there are seven days in the week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Slowing and organic. (laughs) And forget creating uh, shows or beta writer content and all that kind of stuff. Uh, All three things we've done for a long time in our careers. But uh, just even as a fan where, you know, Twin Peaks, the first go around, who cares about the numbers? Let it go. Let it go. You're telling a great story. Let, let the show move on. And, and it's just, it's just the nature of it. It's a business. I get it. But that's why I sometimes don't like to focus on the business side. I think business is, is sometimes the enemy of art, but uh, they have to work together. And if mm-hmm. you're a young creator out there, take a business class or uh, learn <laughs> to promote. Like, like it's, it's all, it's all there. Um, but yeah. It's, it's fascinating enough. And I, and I love, uh, yeah, look, you look at it more into paradigm analytics is great. Cause that, 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 that's mission statement alone, uh, dr- gives me hives. It just, <laughs> someone in the office has said, uh, has sat everyone down and said, we've got to ideate today. And then that's where Ken starts to leave Collider and walks away. Uh, it just drives me crazy. So you don't have um, strong opinions about your entire value chain. <laughs> I need uh, my value, value chain. chain. Oh my gosh. Oh, Ken shivers quietly. Um, that's <laughs> Great information. Final thing here, though. But but then again, I, I'm not uh, not blind to the reality and the power mm-hmm. of uh, numbers and subscriptions and and, and engagement. It, it, it is, it, you know, if you release a show and no one engages, did you release a show at all? I understand <laughs> that. So we will be cer- certainly uh, we're gonna we're gonna be discussing this more. But there are already rumblings from cast members and the director Deborah Chow about more Kenobi storytelling, despite this season being clearly conceived as a standalone story. How clearly they're saying that in their quotes um <laughs> but uh the reason i said we're going to discuss this more uh i don't want to speak for you two but personally like i just i just want to see the show end i want to see the finale before i really have a a, a deep thought on do i want more i'm mm-hmm. very happy with the series but uh it is a one 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 off standalone story in its conception so i want to want to see what how i feel after that there so we'll just discuss this more there uh but thoughts on this what i'm saying uh especially uh with this high numbers do you think this will drive a second season um all those kind of fun things jennifer i mean i think it can drive a second season but should they i don't know because like you're saying we we got to finish and see how they end this part of the story if it lends itself to more, great. But I do wonder because I feel like the big draw has been the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader. So then are you going to bring Vader back for more episodes? Like unless they've left that door open, I don't know how that will work out. And I thought that they had made it really clear. This is a limited series, a limited series, blah, 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 right? And then I think it was at Celebration where Ewan was like, if you wanted a seven, eight, nine, ten, or something like that, and everyone mm-hmm. went, what? There's yeah. going to be more? Is he teasing that because he knows that fans get excited or because he really, they have ideas for where this is going to go for more episodes? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard to know right now, but we'll, yeah. I guess we'll find out soon enough how it's going to, how this season potentially air quotes is going to end. 
Yeah, but but yeah. The, the 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 Ewan and Hayden Vader versus Kenobi. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's the marketing. So yeah, you're you're not wrong thinking of how this story ends this season could 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 affect you know what what, we, what you would even want to do in a second season. So I don't know, Joseph, you are obsessed with Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> the podcast obsessed. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is a great way to, to close this conversation because this is where the numbers really matter, right? This is where mm-hmm. suddenly we, we can uh, be uh, smart, Alex, about the value chain. But that is how decisions get made. And numbers are the reason there isn't, we aren't talking about uh, Solo 3 coming soon to theaters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, so the numbers do matter. And I think, uh, you know, us being excited about them maybe reflects how much we want to see more Kenobi. I'm with you on definitely wanting to see where the show ends. I think for myself, because I'm obsessed, I'd be happy to see another season. The yeah. thing that I wonder about is I think it would most likely be a little bit lower stakes than mm-hmm. Kenobi protecting Leia while fighting Vader, <laughs> which is yeah. about the highest stakes you can get in in Star Wars in, in some ways. I think what's intriguing to me about it, and like you said, Ken, I'll keep this short so we can talk about it more. I love every choice they've made with uh, Kenobi. I love seeing him in this show uh, slowly reawakening to hope. But I think if he ends this show in a place of a little bit more hope, a little bit more resolve to be like, yes, I should protect Luke. And that is being a Jedi. And I am, this is hard and not perfect, but I am still a Jedi that you have, you've ended him in this place where is he a little reawakened to wanting to help people? Mm -hmm. And how Mm -hmm. can he balance that while also being utterly devoted to protecting uh, Luke. And if he is a little bit more, I've reconnected. I'm I'm still haunted by the tragedy, but I've accepted it. I've faced it and I'm moving toward the future. It also just means spending quality time with a little bit of our snarky, grumpy, witty, (laughs) uh, you know, going to a bar to to get some information, possibly Kenobi. Mm. And that... That's intriguing to me. I'd watch, I'd watch six episodes of him bartering with Jawas and and fighting a few water pirates. <laughs> I would happily watch yeah. that. I would campaign for that. Yeah. Uh, but I do worry about it. A second season uh, taking a step down in stakes and whether or not that would work with the general audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely uh, absolutely right there. Uh, and again, we'll see if the last line of this uh, series is. I have 90% of my hope. I need to find that 10 more percent. And then, then maybe we've got an ongoing story here. I mean, Kenobi, if the last 10% <laughs> the last coming 10%. soon to Disney+. Plus. My pitch right now would be, whether it's Deborah Chow or, or bring in, I would, God, I would love Bryce Dallas Howard to do like a, the, the, the spinoff being a, a Leia, young princess of Alderaan. Like you, you got a great Leia. Like yep. I, I want to see some yep. more years. Like, like lead it up to Claudia Gray's book. Do that. I know there were some rumors of, of the Reva spinoff. Uh, we don't know how that story is uh, going to end yet. Uh, that that would not be something mm-hmm. I would be opposed to, to at all. It's an interesting character with interesting backstory. But, you know, you got this home run of a casting with young Leia. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be the uh, the end of uh, uh, her run as Leia. So mm, we'll see. Do you two have any interest in the uh, Kenobi Quinlan Voss buddy comedy? <laughs> Yeah, now see, now you're talking, now you're yeah. talking, just yeah. now you're talking, yeah, yeah. There okay, a movie of the week, right? We all grew up on movies of the week. Oh, you yeah. Know? Heidi, Singing in the Hills, I remember oh that one. Uh, wow. let's, let's do it. Let's do a, let's do a Disney Plus a Star Wars movie of the month or something, I don't know, I don't care, that'd be great. Kenobi, think Kenobi could fight water pilot, pirates and be snarky and uh, <laughs> debate uh, the best job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Jed, any final thoughts there? 
No, I think I think that's great because I I worry too about like what what are the stakes going to be? I mean, I look, you and McGregor, I could watch him doing anything, just hanging out in that cave all the time. He makes it interesting. So, but yeah, I do I do worry about the about the audience. Will they be into it or are they going to be disappointed? Um, because everyone was waiting for those flashbacks and like, oh, when are we getting the flashbacks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And then once mm-hmm. they got the flashbacks, they're like, now I love this. Now I get, now I'm into it. It's like, mm, okay, well, what are you going to do <laughs> then if they have more episodes on that? I don't know. But I like the Quinlan Voss. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. I think that awesome. would get fans excited. Yeah. Yeah. Or even The Path, a show called The Path. Uh, we'll move on here. My final pitch, my final pitch. Uh, I hope Joseph likes this one. Is bef- he, he, whatever happens in this, this episode this week, the show's over. Kenobi's like, I need 10% more help. So he grabs a friend and grabs a speeder and goes around the galaxy and just takes a big speeder trip around the galaxy. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, just whatever his what's that motorcycle show called that he does long way down. Or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, long way round, long, long way, way up, round. long way down. Yeah. And then he, that's he slowly works his way back to Tatooine. Love it. <laughs> I absolutely get him on a space motorcycle. There we go. All right. We're going to take a, a quick break before we do over four center rec amends an audiobook We think you should try out on us and gosh, Ken, you got to change your copy. All right. I'll try harder. We <laughs> should recommend something else. Joseph, uh, what do you have uh, for us today? You know what? I'm going to recommend the book. Uh, it is the in EU Legends book, uh, Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. Uh, now that the Kenobi show is uh, almost done, it's really fun to compare and contrast. And that is an example of it. It's a different canon, uh, but it is an example of the kind of scale of story that is possible for a Kenobi season two. So I think it's an interesting one for fans to check out right about now. Great choice. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right. Quick break. On the other side, more news and a look back at Star Wars uh, history on Center. Stick around. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Force Center. We're taking a look at Star Wars news of the week. Some news, as always, the joke around here is news will break uh, Tuesday after we release the episode, we'll have a story here in which we actually acknowledge, no, it looks like we know something's going to come on Tuesday <laughs> based on something we're talking about here, but we wanted to talk about it nonetheless. Let's start here with uh, this news headline, Get to Know Your High Republic Faces. Plus, we got some info on the novel Convergence. As we know, the High Republic uh, publishing initiative is being uh, rolled out wonderfully in multiple multiple phases we are wrapped up with phase one we are racing towards phase two and high republic has been on a little bit of a break as the era gets ready to uh, pick up the steam and head into phase two but little tidbits of news emerged at celebration uh character designs and whatnot and now we have the details on zoraida cordova's upcoming adult novel the high republic convergence the book's release is now november 15th and will feature jedi gela natai uh being four Forced to work with the, quote, puffed up privileged party boy of one of the chancellors uh, 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 named, uh, the character's name is Axel Greylark. Oh, I like that. As I worked to uncover the truth behind an assassination plot of two star-crossed lovers from the warring planets, Irum and Irino. Uh, so thoughts on this plot, this new era, and and maybe for Jen, this is to you. How does this all sound from a distance? We've talked about a little bit here. I know you have not been, uh, you know, knee deep in the High Republic, um, just out of uh, necessity uh, for life and other things. Uh, so, Jen, I'll start with you. What does what does this all sound like to you from uh, your point of view? Well, this book, the plot sounds great. I love the the difference in the relationship between these these characters. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a, actually a lot of fun. 
And then I started thinking, well, can I, can I dive into phase two? I haven't, I'm Mm. still on book one, Mm. (laughs) I'm on book one, phase one. So, and I, (laughs) you know, we know that this takes place in a different uh, timeline than phase one, but I do feel like there was a time where, where you guys were knee deep in Star Wars Rebels and I just would sit there going, I have no idea what who these characters are, <laughs> what this plot is, feeling very left out. Now, obviously, I'm a part of the Star Wars Rebels conversation, so I know I, I can make it happen. I just have to dedicate the time and I'm looking forward to it because I think there's so many passionate High Republic fans and that gets me excited to, to learn more about that, that part of the galaxy, if you will. No, that's a great honest look at it, and and yeah, even going back to your rebels conversation, then uh, it's I don't know, it's like me and and comic books. I'm always nodding when I hear friends talk about them, Star Wars comic books. I'm like, yeah, I think I, I think I remember that. I don't know. <laughs> it's just right. It's, it is uh, it is reality. It is a little bit um, uh, as George Harrison once saying, it's all too much. It's all too much, but it's a good much. It's a lot mm-hmm. of lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just want to get your thoughts on the, just even that pitch uh, and what it is. But Joseph, your your overall thoughts on uh, this new book and as we race into this new era here, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope that people can jump in in phase two because what, what a great, a great way to be able to feel like, hey, mm-hmm. I can get I can get in, and there'll be some references and that that I mm-hmm. not not quite getting how that's going to connect to the thing, but whatever. But you can just read it and then uh, you know jump back to the phase one books. I hope that's true. Uh, I'm very excited about this. I really really like the cover. I mean, a huge attraction of the whole High Republic era is just you want to spend a bunch of time with different Jedi and like. Yes, I do. So uh, seeing a new Jedi with dual purple lightsabers, just the cover has the, that's cool. I want to read that. What's she going to do with two purple lightsabers? That's awesome. Uh, But then uh, the description, I'm really intrigued by. Already this seems like a book with a a really strong theme about duality, which Mm -hmm. is a really interesting concept in Star Wars that um, I like that it's centered on these uh, two local planets who are in conflict. And these are uh, obviously planets where some significant stuff happens in phase one. So you already got that, like how you're going to see how it connects, how how we got to where we are in phase one and where we might end up in phase three. But I love the idea of two local planets in conflict because I feel like uh, uh, that it doesn't have to be a whole galaxy at war to be Star Wars. Mm. And that's just something we've talked about a lot when when we're talking about what could the new movies be? What could the era be? Like, it doesn't have to be the whole galaxy. A whole system at war, I think if you'd be in the middle of that, you'd be like, that feels like plenty of war. <laughs> yeah. that, that feels like high enough stakes for some fun. So I really <laughs> like that scale of conflict mm-hmm. and, and kind of hope to see more of it in Star Wars across uh, timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, the character perspective has also got this real duality of a uh, buddy cop comedy as well mm-hmm. no, but yeah. of the the dueling perspective of a jedi who is all about you know duty and responsibility and uh being uh partnered with somebody not only who is full of privilege but somebody who in theory uh being the son of one of the chancellors this axel Greylark, what mm. a great puffed up privileged party boy name um <laughs> should have a little bit more depth of of respect right mm-hmm. uh so that's really interesting and gets to some ideas about getting to see in this timeline what is that delicate balance between the jedi and the republic so mm. ton, tons of ideas tons of great kind of duality stuff so i'm really excited about it yeah, especially as, as we go back. And as Jen uh, said, this book is, as a reminder, set generations before the High Republic era of Phase 1. Uh, that itself was, what, 200 years prior to Phantom Menace, and now we're going back, uh, what is it, 100 years, 150 years? I Joseph? believe it's 100 years, yeah. 100 years, right, yeah. 
Uh, Yoda will still be there. That's all we care about. Now, um, one of the things I loved in the description here was the Galaxy and Republic itself are described as experiencing growing pains with limited resources despite big ambitions. Uh, one of our favorite things about the High Republic era phase one is that kind of, uh, I keep always describe as that post-war America, build the freeways type of vibe, the good and the bad and the ugly of all that, and and a chancellor with, with some good intentions. So, and how do you unite the ga- galaxy? All those things that we've, we've just really loved. And, and that's just a real general sweep through the themes. There's a lot of uh, bigger things in there and deeper things in there. But this is, I don't know, just exciting to me of uh, of Galaxy trying, but a galaxy that can't afford to, or at least can't afford to do it right. And how do you get the people on board? I'm excited about that. Uh, Jan, I'll again, go to you from a, a distance. How does that uh, feel to you? It feels very familiar, right? It's mm-hmm. a theme that we see throughout Star Wars is what I love about Star Wars is seeing people struggling to overcome. How are they going to achieve their goals? How are they going to rise up? Who is going to be emerge as, as leaders or maybe even unlikely leaders in the mm. galaxy? Um, it's just, it's a, it, this is why I'm like, I really want to read this story. Is, <laughs> is it going to be okay? Am I going to, am I going to be totally lost? I don't know. I guess I should just go buy the book and find out and start it because this to me is a type of story that I, that I really enjoy. I think it's going to suck me in uh, mm. and get, get into it right away. I think it's a great question. I think it's a great question because I'm just, you know, thinking about phase one overall in my head here right now. Like you could start with this one and then phase one would truly be like a prequel to this era. You you just get to experience it just in a little, little different order. But it, I don't I like think it would it. take anything away. Okay, I might do it. I might do it. Yeah. yeah. And then all roads lead to phase three and beyond here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph, your thought on uh, uh, what, what, uh, what does anything in this excite you uh, as it does me about the description of the galaxy and the Republic? Yeah, no, I continue to love the frontier idea, the idea of, you know, a little bit of uh, Star Trek, you know, exploring Brave New Worlds meets Star Wars in this mm-hmm. idea of, you know, knowing that the Jedi have the greatest of intentions, but they're encountering cultures who maybe don't want their help or uh, have a slightly different cultural perspective than the Jedi. And the Jedi are trying to do right, but also trying to figure out how to be respectful of cultures. And it sounds like from some of the hints in phase one that they're going to have some some stumbles there with the greatest of intentions. And then on the other side of the Jedi, you got the Republic in this description of uh, growing pains with limited resources despite big ambitions. It really suggests to me some great sort of uh, political storytelling of the Jedi probably are just like, great, we'll connect to more places, see how they visit the Force, see how much even bigger this galaxy is and find new connections and try to help people. But uh, politicians and people with money are probably saying, how can this planet benefit me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I've been rewatching uh, The Wire, which is just mm-hmm. a, a great show that just really goes through uh, individuals' attempts to do right by other individuals, but being utterly stymied by the system because everybody, the system is broken because everyone within the system is looking out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think there could be some great storytelling in that direction. Uh, with the the frontier idea of like, oh, hey, Jedi, you want to help that planet that's having a conflict? Cool. They have a resource, and I would like to start a new city (laughs) on that planet named after me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. Great, great point. Yeah, and what's uh, what's been a lot of fun about this series here. Uh, We've also learned that Kevin Scott's Path of Vengeance, currently set for a May 2nd release in 2022, 
Yes, three. Excuse me. Oh my gosh, the calendar's turned. Oh my gosh, that's that <laughs> scary. Uh, and this is uh, looks to be the end of phase two. Yes, release dates can change, all that kind of stuff. But uh, how are we feeling about this rollout? And and Jen, especially for you, because it's just it just keeps rolling. It, it it's so hard to maybe go back. And and how are we feeling about just the overall project right now here, Jen? The train has left the station, and I'm running to catch mm-hmm. it like stowaway. Uh, beca- and here's the thing that I think about is how is this all going to connect to the acolyte? I know that they've been saying, Oh no, you know, it's, it's uh, different, but it's not going to happen at the end, at the end of phase three. Is that right? Perhaps R- roughly. Yeah. It's always been vague. Cause I think the connection's vague. I think the but, connection's yeah. vague. Right. But yeah. I don't, I think that they're building up the high Republic for a reason not just for books i Mm. think especially because of how passionate people are about this and how much discussion there is online about this and enthusiasm i think that it's going to become something else i don't know what um but that also gets me excited and wanting to catch up because i want to be a part of whatever be a part of the joy when they're like and we are gonna have a new live action trilogy based on the high republic (laughs) books right Mm -hmm. we don't know if that's gonna happen but it does make me think and it makes me mm. want to get on that train, that fast moving train as quickly as possible. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. And look, yeah, I, I think uh, this has been, you know, uh, conceived uh, as this big, you know, literary initiative and the publishing side, uh, bah, 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 bah. you know, you, you numbers speak. Hey, mm-hmm. keeping it with the themes today uh, and excitement. It just, Again, I know not every Star Wars fan has the time to get into these books and not every Star Wars fan who has read these books loves them, but you're right, Jen. I just uh, had a brief moment to catch up uh, with uh, Laura Kelly, the Force uh, Toast podcast. And, and this is, she loves this era. And I asked her about it. I asked her about the panels at Star Wars Celebration. And man, the, the joy that just exploded out of her. Uh, just the smile on her face about the High Republic. And again, the High Republic panel didn't have a ton of information. It wasn't, you know, blown, uh, you know, there, uh, it, it was just things here and there. But that, also her love of things like uh, Rebels and stuff like that. And we talk about the power of those kind of properties. So uh, they might want to not, well, you, I was going to say, Kevin, they did not, uh, you don't want to build on that. And, and uh, in a, in a, uh, like Joseph's describing the, how can this benefit Star Wars, but let's just build on it naturally uh, and build on the, the love and the joy of it there. Uh, anyways, Joseph, your thought on the overall, uh, the rollout so far, which I look at those dates, it's still a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot. I still haven't caught up with all of the comics from phase one. So in, in a way, like that's a that's shorter than than phase one mm. to pack in a lot of content uh, if it's starting in November and, and ending May of the next year. So mm. I think one of my reactions is just like, OK, clear some time on the old calendar. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but I'm intrigued that maybe phase two is designed to be a little bit shorter. So it is like phase one really established it. Now, phase two kind of um, it helps us understand uh why the world the galaxy is the way it is in phase one and then we're still charging through this big climax in phase three where it's still the story of defeating this big new big bad that they were introduced to um so i'm intrigued uh by phase two in its length and uh excited to also uh, i'm on the train but in risk of falling off and having to run to catch up Uh, yeah but in terms of you know the value of it i think that was another little drop in in the sea of drops uh from those kathleen kennedy interviews of of saying like yeah no the the publishing side is is an inspiration Mm -hmm. um and I think it really is like, yeah, no, it, it it's clear that it would be beneficial for the publishing side to go off and do their, their thing. And if it ends up being successful at this level, hooray. But I feel like it's successful at a level of how could they not take notice 
Mm-hmm. And at least now they have the framework to be like, okay, well, here are the major events. Here's some of the major players. Not It's not even about adapting what's come before, but now the era is defined. Yeah. And I think by defining this era, it's even defining some some things about how the old Republic might look in yeah. new canon. That's mm-hmm. one of the more powerful things to me. Mm-hmm. Like if they're if we're if they're approaching Star Wars storytelling of the, this this history exists as Kathleen Kennedy says said in interviews for you know centuries and centuries and centuries. If we start mm-hmm. defining them, we'll really know what sandboxes we're playing in and what the technology is like and what the conflicts are like and what the Jedi philosophy is like. And it just starts to I think just gives a little bit more better pillars for telling different stories in different eras. Right. I love yeah I love that take on it. Because uh, you know, choose my words carefully here. I love the, the, the books that come out now. We're reading Shadows of, of the Sith. Uh, I'm about halfway through that book, and man, I'm loving what Adam Christopher's doing with a lot of the things we've read and played and watched, and kind of uh, connecting some dots or having just fun with this this sandbox you can talk about. But you can't deny uh, so many of the books and, and even comics have always built back towards the movies and shows that have already come out. Right? We have mm-hmm. a lot of and just from you know old trilogy, original trilogy to, to prequels to now, we have, we, we know what room we have to play in, but it's, it's harder to answer some of those questions. We could, you know, Chuck Wendek, I had Luke stuff in there in the aftermath. They made me take out the Luke stuff. We, we couldn't touch that yet. Uh, you're right. It, with, with the high Republic, you're now building, you know, you're building the track. Uh, and now mm-hmm. you're going to have a, maybe even an easier time to go. Now we can do a movie and it is right during this time. And there's going to be, Little connections to the book, uh, and again, I'm saying choose choose my words carefully because I don't want this to lead to the plan conversation, which is tiresome <laughs> to me, and, and just was never going to be what people thought it would be, anyways. Um, but but this is in its in its own way, um, just a large sandbox. We know here's the boundaries, here's what's inside, and, and you could have uh, maybe a, a real fun time creating live action contact in that content mm-hmm. in that. And I, with the quality that this uh, story, this whole big story has been so far, I have no doubt it will have a satisfying conclusion, but I'm really curious in phase three to see like what very popular characters are left standing with plenty of room <laughs> to continue their stories. Uh, pretty much uh, Oppo Rancisis. Pretty much. Pretty much Oppo, Yarl. He's popular with me. <laughs> Yarl and Yoda. There we go. Final <laughs> quick little story here today. Uh, new Lego Star Wars adventure is coming. And I think maybe I heard about this. I don't know. The reason I saw the Instagram post and I giggled and I "Ah, I want to talk about it. So we have a little tease of this Lego Star Wars summer vacation trailer. Uh, You want to see Palpatine getting suntan lotion rubbed on him. This is your day. All right. It's a little tease. Uh, Later today, when we release this episode Tuesday, a trailer for this upcoming Lego Star Wars summer vacation movie will be out. Um, so uh, this is now the third in the ongoing uh, Lego series is uh, uh, the, the, the movies on Disney plus are still the short form content, the, the adventures um, uh, stuff that's on there. But uh, how do we feel about this ongoing series, Jen? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because I loved the terrifying tales. That was mm-hmm. so much fun to watch. So I'm thrilled that they're making uh, more of these specials. And it reminds me of when I was a kid, you know how like your favorite TV show would have like the summer special where they would go on <laughs> summer vacation, like the Brady Bunch of facts of life down under. Um, so it's, <laughs> I love that Star Wars is following that tradition. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? The facts God. of life. 
The Brady Bunch, of yes. Facts of Life down. I remember Facts of Life. I do. I remember their Say No to Drugs but uh, episode, but I didn't remember them going down under. Oh, they I did. spit up my water. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I, for the longest time, I wanted to go to Australia because of it. Mm. Uh, now I, it's too far of a, of a plane ride. <laughs> yes. So I'm thrilled uh, that Star Wars yeah. is going on summer vacation. Uh, I really do love this. This is uh, completely just fun and, and cheeky, but we'll have some fun things in there as the first two have had. The holiday special uh, was wonderful. It was really heartwarming uh, as well as silly and, and t- terrifying tales. Yeah, we took a look at it here. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun stuff in here, Jen. Uh, uh, Jen, thanks for that. Uh, Justin, what do you think of this uh, series? And will we spit out our water on your uh, flashbacks? <laughs> <laughs> just don't drink any water in case mm-hmm. I say something dumb. Uh, no, I love it. I, I love these. The, the Lego is its own little star wars universe within the larger star wars universe i like the comedy the sense of fun and that there all are always like a uh, heartfelt messages like the freemaker yeah. adventures was mm-hmm. a great star wars story and it continues to be in the holiday special and terrifying tales um i'm mostly just excited to see the framing device i love in this tiny teaser just the the shot of uh it was credited in the subtitles to kylo but that looked very ben solo like so just yeah. that you can do fun things uh with the characters and i'm excited to see like is this uh Mm-hmm. Is this three PO <laughs> telling campfire stories about all the various summer vacations he's been excluded from? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, and then I'm also just excited that they've now they've done the kind of the winter holidays. They've done the spooky fall holidays. Now they're summer, so mm. now they have to do spring. Uh, it's some sort of like spring fertility rights special, like yeah. Palpatine's Wicker Man. I can't wait to see that in Lego. <laughs> this is great. Yes, love that. Love that idea, Jen. Uh, Force Center official Force Center parent time. Um, have your kids been able to see these specials? Uh, and if so, do they connect with any way or is there a right time? Or what do you think about the, the, uh, that angle there? They love all the different Legos. You know, there's frozen Lego shorts that they Mm. really love. Uh, they're all just so great because it, you know, they play on that, that double level, right? Like I watched terrifying tales with my, my then six year old and she was laughing and laughing. I was almost crying with laughter with some of the eighties references was it the Wookiee's Paw? I can't remember which one with like yes. all the Lost Boys references. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. it was so funny. Um, and she was like, okay, you're laughing a little bit too hard. Uh, but that's why <laughs> it's so much fun, right? And I also like that it's a way for them to participate in the Star Wars experience without mm-hmm. me having to like talk about canon or this and that. It's just fun entertainment and they get a little bit of the Star Wars magic that I love without having all the other stuff. And also it's kid-friendly, so I don't have to worry about them getting too scared or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you said there, of just allowing them to participate in the Star Wars experience, which is so many things. And that's just why we talk about entry points here in Star Wars, but just all things around Star Wars is, is part of that experience. And I love hearing that uh, for, for your kids and you. Yes. It's a fun right. thing for a family, a family affair. There it is. Uh, as you all take your uh, vacation down under, with, uh, <laughs> not just on Catalina, take that boat all the way out to Australia. Uh, all right, what that are is you a- talking about here in Australia. <laughs> uh, that is a look at Star Wars news. Before we leave, we'll have a little bit of fun with this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. Let's go back to June 24th, after the movie came out, June 24th, 1999, and the release of one of the most beloved pieces of Star Wars parody material ever, Weird Al Yankovic's The Saga 
begins. Of course, a twist on Don McLean's American Pie. Don McLean has admitted he's almost sang the lyrics for this song in concert <laughs> uh, during this time. Uh, an older interview talking about that. Uh, the song uh, was famously written by Weird Al based on plot leaks from that thing called the Internet and one high-priced charity pre-release screening I just was reading about that he mm-hmm. paid to go because Lucasfilm would not let him see an early ver- version of the film. So he mm-hmm. went to a charity <laughs> pre-release screening and then he learned, nah, the leaks were pretty much Right. I, I only had to change like 6% of the song, he said. Uh, this song was part of that 1999 episode one hype train uh, that entire year, but it has never been uh, re- relegated to that time, to be clear. The song remains a favorite for fans, and at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, a sing-along prior to the Mando Plus panel was experienced by Joseph Mark Ellis and I and highlighted wow. the prequel generation's love for the song. It was a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. So what is our relationship to the song now, and did, uh, did it help or hurt if you... Back then on The Phantom Menace in 1999, Joseph, uh, I'll start with you because I think we were both kind of humming and singing along together there that day. I was. I was. It was, it was a fun uh, group experience to see how much people loved that song. I, yeah. I, I really like it. I think for me it's weird that it was nostalgia when it came out in 1999 because there's just mm-hmm. something kind of melancholy about the actual song American Pie you know yeah. the, the topic's not <laughs> super yeah. fist bumping yep, yep. <laughs> the, the, the tune itself is uh, is melancholy but it was nostalgia in 1999 with suddenly Star Wars is everywhere uh, again it was that way with the special edition but even huger with uh, Phantom Menace in 99 and it made me nostalgic for when I discovered Weird Al's Yoda song and was like yeah. this is my mind was blown right probably one of my early introductions to loving comedy so I was kind of nostalgic in 1999 <laughs> for the original <laughs> trilogy era. And now when I hear this, when we're, we're at a panel for this the exciting new te- Star Wars television show, and I'm, you know, feeling nostalgic for 1999 and remembering <laughs> specific moments. That was the uh, 99 was also the first year of the convention. I mention often that I perform at uh, every year in Minneapolis called Convergence and Everything was Phantom Menace themed. You know, a lot of the people involved with the convention are dressed in Jedi robes for all of the introduction ceremonies. And I remember people just kind of bursting out into song, just singing at acapella in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, nostalgia is what I think of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love that. Absolutely. Love that. Jen, uh, your relationship to the song then, now, and, and uh, going forward. Then it really, you know, it gave me kind of the, the lightheartedness that I was looking for um, because uh, as I've talked about, I, I wasn't necessarily the hugest fan of the Phantom Menace. Um, and, but you know, the thing about the song that's so great is that it's fun, but it's respectful of star Wars um, into yeah. the Phantom Menace. And, and I, I think that that really kind of, it healed me in a sense. And now I was at a charity event a Star Wars charity event a few years ago, and there was you know, some industry people there, and Weird Al came out and he sang that song. First of all, he's a fantastic singer, fantastic mm-hmm. performer. I'd never seen him live, um, and and all the people in the audience started singing it. I mean, these were like you know, cool cool cats, and they're they're into it, and it was really kind of it was really magical. I was like, okay, um, but yeah, Weird Al's bringing the fans together. Back in 99 and today. <laughs> I love that tale. Yeah, look, I, I grew up a Weird Al fan. Uh, I also grew up about 15 minutes south of uh, Cal Poly where he went to college. And it's just oh. kind of, he's we, we claim him, right? He's just one of those, <laughs> we claim him. And Ozzy Smith, the Hall of Fame shortstop, they went to, he went to Cal Poly too around the same time. Uh, well, no, a little, little bit before. Um, 
So, and, and I just, you know, UHF was a weird influence on uh, that part of my comedy brain. So I always loved it. But yeah, I had a, I always bring up the, the did it help or hurt kind of conversation because I was so defensive of the Phantom Menace in 1999, despite at the time thinking, eh, maybe, maybe Lucas missed, right? It was a weird, weird fight in my own brain of what I was going through. And so even something like this, I, and I love Weird Al, uh, was just like one eye on it. Like, are you making fun of this? And, <laughs> and so therefore, I don't know if I ever truly engage with it as much as others. In fact, I'd say I'm the opposite where this song comes on. I start singing American Pie. Uh, <laughs> just, it's it's a weird thing, including at when, at the Mando panel. Maybe they did it before every every panel there that weekend. I don't know. Uh, those, mm-hmm. those entertainers might have done that. I don't know. But uh, it was fun. It was great. It was joyous. But then I found myself doing the old like. And I couldn't remember the lyrics. And there's there's these people next to us in the row are just screaming. They're trying to get the camera over there to sing along. And I, I I had a lot of fun with that. I had a lot of fun with kind of what you're talking about, Jen, of like suddenly in the middle of a business conference, uh, people in suits and ties are singing along to the song. I, I almost, it's not that I didn't know the love for the song existed. I just didn't know it existed to that degree. So that was fascinating, fascinating to uh, uh, experience firsthand too. <laughs> there you go. Weird Al. And yeah, Weird Al's a great singer. There's a great video out there of him at the George Harrison tribute uh, singing uh, some Traveling Wheelberry songs. And he is oh, awesome. Wow. Uh, yeah. I love his so name. talented. Yeah. He is indeed. Uh, mustache or no. All right. That <laughs> is a look back at Star Wars history. Uh, June 24th, 1999. The saga began. We are out of here today. Uh, but uh, don't you worry. We'll be back with more uh, programming. You can follow us and find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You uh, can also see us on Instagram and on YouTube. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. And uh, we are available in a lot of spots. Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Apple play uh stitcher tune in merch available tpublic.com slash user slash force center and you can support us at uh patreon.com slash force center as well if you'd like to find me i'm on twitter at catnapsock or you can go to my website at catnapsock.com and find links to all things i do like pop rocket radio and other things like that we always do like to highlight uh, charities and uh, causes out there there's always so much to choose from it can get overwhelming and so focus on where you want to go uh causes uh, politics anything and right now one i i mention this one every now and again but we are in that time in southern california and just california in the West in general of uh, forest fires. Uh, so I always highlight uh, CAFireFoundation.org, which is a nonprofit organization that provides emotional and financial assistance to families of fallen firefighters, firefighters and the communities they protect uh, is uh, unfortunately, you know, there's not one fire season anymore. Uh, I get that, but saw some news reports of some dry lightning coming away in the West here. And that uh, hmm. always kind of, uh, you know, uh, you start to see it more and more and they can be devastating. So that's uh, one uh, charity of choice for me, the CA fire foundation.org uh, jennifer where can they find you oh that's great um you can find me at instagram facebook twitter at jennifer landa and tiktok at jennifer landa 1138 i don't have a charity or organization to spotlight this week i will be back uh next week with one my brain was left in catalina i think <laughs> <laughs> you are you are uh you are uh it's okay you are out there with the goats and the buffaloes and the and the and, and the, the golf and carts the, and the golf carts and the sea and, and my buster favorite Bluth. wild animal yeah yeah and, and buster bluth out there somewhere as well oh my gosh uh yes. some of my favorite episodes of rest of oh, God, so all right uh justin where can we find you 
Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for more, including links to my other podcast, Obsessed with that Obi-Wan Kenobi episode, if you're interested in that. Uh, I want to continue to highlight the organization Vote Forward. Uh, You write letters to other voters uh, trying to encourage them from a personal perspective uh, to use their power and vote. Um, I think it, it we've talked about before, it can be hard to stay inspired mm-hmm. and it can be uh, difficult to continue to feel like voting makes a difference. I feel like um, there's an interesting thing going on here in Los Angeles that I want to highlight uh, briefly. The vote forward letters that you're writing right now are for the midterms, but uh, obviously many states are having uh, primaries. We just had a primary here in Los Angeles where something kind of historic happened. Uh, a person named Rick Caruso uh, kind of did a 180 on what he claimed he was about (laughs) uh, told people that he had beliefs that he didn't and then just uh, proceeded to pour more money into the mayor's race of Los Angeles than anyone ever has yep and if you know anything about the history of corruption in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing more than anyone ever has Uh, and the people said no Uh, he, he spent a bonkers amount of money and it didn't translate to getting him over the line to do an automatic win. Mm-hmm. And he's not, there'll, there'll be another election, but he's not uh, uh, another race, but he's not currently in the front running position that everybody expected that amount of money to buy because mm-hmm. voting does make a difference. The people's voice does matter. And I just want to take a second to highlight that because I think we need to concentrate on moments where we can see it, we can feel it, that voting is power. It does make a difference. So if you're yeah. interested in checking out uh, the Vote Forward program, you can go to their website, votefwd.org. Uh, I love that. I've, I've spent a few mornings walking around the properties with Rick. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, it actually, you know, I want to one of my former coworkers, Caroline Menjavar, uh, pulled off uh, a bit of a, an upset too in the, the California 20th uh, district out here. Uh, she's going to go in the runoff with the the, the son of a, of a political dynasty and her grassroots campaign uh, got her into a, a runoff almost uh, in first place. She's a close second and it's, uh, it's been exciting to watch someone. I, I know someone who, who, used to work for me for a while, my old mall job, and, and um, uh, just was a wonderful co-worker then, and, and just to see her uh, where she's at and making a difference. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to actually watch voting in action, and I get I get what you, you're you always highlighting every week, Joseph. It's, it's easy to be overwhelmed. There's so much stuff, so much stuff every day, even just choosing one charity fo- focus on. So uh, mm-hmm. I believe in the power, and I love when you highlight that because it, uh, it does work. It does mm-hmm. work indeed. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Padme would agree. (laughs) All right. That is it for this week. We'll see you all next time. This was Force Center. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.